December 12. Our narrative in the New Testament today will be from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 7 through 22. Each of these messages to the churches ends with a promise to the overcomers. Now, these overcomers are not an elite group in the church, but true believers who have trusted Christ. No matter how unspiritual an assembly may become, Christ will always honor those who belong to Him if they are faithful to His Word. The promises to the overcomers follow Old Testament history, from the Garden of Eden to the Kingdom Throne. And now let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. December 12, Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 22. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. He is the one who has the key of David. He opens doors, and no one can shut them. He shuts doors, and no one can open them. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Look, I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have, so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it and I will write my God's name on them, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and they will have my new name inscribed upon them. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich, and also buy white garments, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness, and buy ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I am the one who corrects and disciplines everyone I love. Be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal as friends. I will invite everyone who is victorious to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. 
Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Think back for a little while to that honeymoon time with the Lord when His presence seemed to be so real in your life. And that went on for a while until gradually more and more and more you ignored His voice. More and more you ignored His calling and more and more you allowed other things to take His place until one day you found yourself praying as many of you do now. Many of you spend most of your time praying, saying, Lord, please come, please come. I don't feel your presence. I don't, I don't feel your pleasure. Uh, please come, please come. Lord, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I want to scream at you, and I want to say, wake up, wake up. But I know that only the Holy Spirit can wake you up. Wake you up to what? How good you ought to be? Wake you up to what? How more involved in church service you ought to become? No, no, no. Wake you up to how wonderful he is and how much of that wonder you have forgotten. I want to wake you up to that. There's so much of what we do in church that has a fragrance of Christ about it. It's done in his name. It's done for his sake. It's done for his glory. It's done in obedience to His Word. But all of that church, all that activity, even that good activity, will never replace Him. And believer, you can go out and you can come up to your pastor after the church and say, Pastor, you know, I just want to lay my life down. What does this church need? I'll do anything. Wonderful. But that will not take the place of Christ. And that will not take the place of a personal, intimate, ongoing, continuous relationship with you. I'm not trying to be quaint and I'm not trying to be cliched. I'm trying to tell you that when we say that a relationship with Jesus Christ is a relationship, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Christ desires a bride more than just obedience. A robot can be obedient. A dog can be obedient. Christ desires you. I know you'll give him so much activity, but will you give him you? So this is Ryan Sater uh, coming to you from uh, the Lancaster Refuge. And uh, sitting here a week into, into this, and I've... Uh, just really become excited again, and I'm really uh, uplifted to be not only welcome in to this this home, but by the brothers um, that I've I've met, and their their open and welcoming arms. Uh, this is not something I honestly ever gave any thought to, or an avenue that I'd see myself. Uh, headed down, but I've just, there's just something about this place that, that keeps me getting up, getting, getting up, waking up every morning, and feeling like each new day is going to bring, there's going to be something else that brings me closer to the Lord, 
and that just shed some lights on the path that I uh, I feel I need to go down and I need to to walk down um, towards Jesus and this that I'm not alone and that these these brothers have really taken me under their arms and under their wing and they're showing me something there that it's showing a light in their lives. I can see a light in their lives and the happiness in their eyes and the smiles on their faces. It's it's contagious and I'm finding myself just wanting to live live life and get the most out of it and live for the Lord and give glory to Jesus because I honestly was heading down a path that was just the opposite of that and wasn't it wasn't fulfilling there was just zero gratification in it and it was all pure selfishness and I just there's so much more to it than just what I could get out of life and I want to be able to be able to look in the mirror and see the man that I I know I can be that the Lord has given me this life to be and for the people in my life that they'll be proud of me again. And I know that they'll want to, uh, they'll be happy to see that the man I've become and I w- could only owe it to, to Jesus and these brothers that are there with me and that keep me, keep me motivated. And it's, it's so what I've needed for a long time is to be held accountable and for for brothers to hold me accountable and to hold them accountable and lift each other up and become men of God, men of God. I thought I was a man, but I was just living like a boy, childish, immature. And the refuge is a place to come that when I leave here, I will be a man and be able to to walk out of here with my head held high and looking up to heaven and seeing Jesus and following in his path. And I just want to give thanks to God and for this opportunity he's given me to to walk side by side with these 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 guys and the coordinators they're uh they really are genuine and true they really give you give you the chance to shine alongside them and it's just a really great opportunity I can't wait to see what comes next I can't wait to get up tomorrow and another day as long as we are graced by God and he's given us another day in his house we will make the most of it and not squander these opportunities any longer Thanks again for the opportunity, and I wish you all the best. Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3. Most children naturally resist weaning because they want to continue enjoying the special attention of mother and the security it brings. Children do not realize that the traumatic experience of weaning is the first step toward maturity and freedom. From birth to death, 
Life is a series of weanings, isn't it? And God never takes anything from you without giving you something better. You may weep and try to hold on to the past, but God tenderly leads you toward the future. Weaned children discover who they are and what they can do. They have quiet hearts and do not desire to go back to babyhood. They live for the future and watch for the special things that come to children growing up. They learn to obey. For only then can they fully experience all that the Father has for them. As you mature in the Lord, you must put away childish things. When God weans you away from something, do not fret. He has something better to take its place. Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3. A song for the ascent to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or awesome for me. But I have stilled and quieted myself, just as a small child is quiet with its mother. Yes, like a small child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. Proverbs 29, verse 23. Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor 